Quick side. Kaboom! Not the Maharaja. This is a distraction. From what? From the escape. The Maharaja has been kidnapped. And all of you are suspects. We're not going to be invited anywhere ever again. Man, 60 minutes got weird. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I, however, am Tom Merritt. However? However you want. Well, I, I mean, however, I, am Tom Merritt. Hold, yeah, isn't that a little bit like saying you're actually a good bartender? You're giving me notes immediately off the top of the show? <laughs> yeah, no, it's called it's called a side bit to engage everybody right now. Uh, also, that my reaction was also a side bit to engage everybody. Okay, uh, uh, you know what? Let's and go this- full meta. <laughs> no, you know what? Let's not go full meta. Uh, Bryce, uh, that <laughs> Old meta trailer, mm-hmm. if, if I were to guess, mm-hmm. and, and Tom, I, 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 I suspect we're on equal footing here. Um, is it like a meta commentary? Is that, is that actually from India or, or a meta about Indian movies or what? So that was a trailer for Netflix's Murder Mystery 2. This is uh, actually started streaming last week. This is a sequel to the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston film from uh, a year or so ago. It's about a normal married couple who go on this big vacation and they end up being in the middle of this murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the sequel to that. Uh, so it takes place. It follows one of the guys from the first movie. It takes place in India because there's a big Indian wedding. Um, and then someone dies. I watched the first one of these last week because Netflix was promoting it because, uh, you know, they got this new one coming out. And I got to say, I really liked it. Adam Sandler still got it. Jennifer Aniston, perfect family uh, actress. Uh, It's it's pretty solid. Um, And I'm kind of looking forward to this new one. I mean, Adam Sandler, he's still hitting hits. It's an interesting test of whether Murder Mystery 1 was simply because people were starved for entertainment in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, or if it can if it's got legs. Sounds like for Bryce it's it's got legs. It's his easy top. Leg watch. That's streaming now. <laughs> uh Hey, who loves Bill Meeks? Bill Meeks, everybody. I love Bill Bill Meeks. (laughs) You know, Brian, you could have used uh, for the segue uh, legs because I'm known for my uh, luptuous calves. So, yeah, that's a good point. Everybody knows about Bill Meeks' calves. Uh, (laughs) And that's. Title of the episode. Here we go. (laughs) And that's what's going to walk us right over to the primary target. big changes afoot at Marvel in the 1990s. Marvel was bankrupt. You you may recall it was bought by a toy company, Toy Biz, a company run by Ike Perlmutter and Avi Brad. Perlmutter stuck around when Disney bought Marvel from him and Brad in 2009 for $4 billion, approximately the gross receipts for one Avengers movie. Perlmutter ran Marvel within Disney until 2015, when Marvel Studios was split out. A fortuitous decision, I think we would all agree. That left Perlmutter still running Marvel Comics and merchandise. Well, that era's over as well. Last week, Disney laid off Perlmutter as chairman of Marvel Entertainment, uh, and Marvel Entertainment president Dan Buckley 
will now report to Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige. So the student has become the master, Brian. Uh, I can't speak for what was going on behind the scenes at anything from Disney or Marvel or what have you, but man, oh man, can I speak from the perspective of somebody who fell deeply in love with the Marvel universe uh, when I got, of all things, chicken pox in eighth grade. Uh, I, I, I just told my mom, bring me comic books. She grabbed whatever happened to be there, discovered Iron Man, followed everything from then. Uh, as everybody knows, there's been, uh, it was a dark, very dour down moment when Marvel appeared to be dead. Uh, it was a cool moment when Marvel appeared to be on the rise. It was a very, very good moment when Marvel was winning at everything. It's a weird moment now as I've not even seen most of the last like five or six Marvel movies. Bill, where are you at on this journey? I am. I was kind of nonplussed, um, starting with like Guardians, it, which I know is a pretty unpopular opinion. Kind of fell out of love with it, kind of fell off of it, got back into it with the Disney Plus series. But I haven't really gone back to the movies yet because I keep hearing, you know, Eternals, uh, even Quantumania that's out now. They're just kind of overstuffed and uneven a lot of the fans are even saying so this sounds to me like uh you know disney is realizing there's this perception too and they need to make a kind of a major change behind the scenes that doesn't involve kevin uh you know to to kind of hopefully right uh-huh that. yeah although i feel like and and maybe i'm just not close enough to to the game uh, that comics and, and I guess merch, but but I'm thinking more of the comics themselves. Uh, Marvel Comics has been doing fine, separated from Marvel Studios. And in fact, I feel like it could be argued that's a strength that Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios aren't trying to feed the same beast, so they have some latitude to move. This, if that is an advantage, takes that advantage away. Uh, because Buckley is now reporting to Feige. And even if if they both have the best of intentions to stay independent, when you're reporting to somebody, there's there's just more chance for concerns to weigh more directly than they would otherwise. And I don't know that this makes the problem worse with Marvel Studios. Problem being a much bigger word than I mean it for. But, but you know, how does Marvel Studios keep its films fresh and exciting and bring people back in? I don't know that having more control over Marvel Comics helps that. So, uh, Perlmutter is 100% out. Like, 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 yeah, like, he's been this laid is off. His yeah. departure. So, restated everything you just told me. Would I be right in saying Perlmutter was the entire second act of Marvel? If the first act is plucky upstart, uh, yeah. first act, then, you know, Empire Strikes Back happens. He's right. the one that shepherds the the return to greatness greatness and and it sounds like he i suspected quite well in the sales of of marvel yeah. to disney he's the lando calrissian of that second oh act. my god works every <laughs> time <laughs> uh yeah so so the question is uh which return of the jedi are we getting here uh as as we head into act three nobody uh, knows uh, it's provocative yeah. uh the the uh, uh yep, yep. i i i guess i guess our role is to sort of reflect on 
here's my question to the panel and, and Bryce, I'm going to loop you in on this. Uh, are we at the end of capital T capital M capital S the Marvel story? Um, is, is from here on out, is it kind of just squeezing and, and hopefully somebody who, you know, is really drawn to a particular story, makes something out of it or, or, uh, or, or has, has everything been preamble leading to this moment where all of a sudden everything is unfettered? I'll, I'll start. There was a time when any medium technology franchise was new. Uh, there was a time when Star Trek was this weird NBC show uh, that it was nothing like anything anyone had ever done before. Even though it was sci-fi, it was different than than the previous sci-fi with their you know aluminum wrapped robots and and aliens with little antenna. Uh, and then it was gone. Uh, and and it was it was uh, it was a, a legend. It was a myth. And it came back. Uh, and then it became a franchise. And now it's de rigueur. It's not you know, Star Trek, uh, is Star Trek over? It's like, where is Star Trek in its long history? I feel like Marvel Studios is there. Uh, it is no longer new and fascinating and fun. It is no longer a thing that no one thought could happen. Great superhero franchises that are interrelated. Uh, it's, it's a commodity. It's a, it's a thing that exists. And the question is always like, where is it in its story? Is it, is it on the rise? Is it declining? And I, I don't think it's, done or, or 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 and i also don't think it's permanently great it's it's now a, th a thing that's been around long enough that it's it's going to have its ups and downs bryce of of the four of us you're the one who i would say your orbit is the most peripheral to uh, like you sure, have the least amount of baggage with 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 marvel yeah. what 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 does this moment look like to you it feels very uh unessential it feels like there are it feels like we're in the weeds a little bit we're seeing details we're getting new heroes that are not the ones that you know and love so we kind of have to figure out which ones people like and maybe that means we make a movie with 11 new people in it maybe it's we make a new ant-man but it's it right now it feels like all of the big heavy hitters are gone because they had to kind of wipe everyone away after now now i just want to see <laughs> ant-man as a cyborg where it's like i died as ant-man but i am reborn as cyber ant-man <laughs> that's an idea that's an idea you know we'll we'll talk about it but there there is something weird we, we'll talk about it in a trailer coming up but i saw a superhero trailer over the week that i thought looked really cool and it doesn't it doesn't seem any different than the other marvel stuff i'm bored of right it seems like a well taught funny superhero movie but there's so many of those now that either i need something to be conceptual or i need it to feel yeah. very different well that that's my point is like they they've they no longer can ride on no one's ever done this before cuz they've done it over and over lots of times that that's harder to innovate yeah. on bill what about you and I, I think for the past, you know, decade, decade and a half, whatever it's been, they've been working through their greatest hits. You know, they've been doing Secret War, Civil War, uh, all the wars. And uh, now they're having to tap into more recent stories that, you know, haven't been tested by time. You know, like Secret Invasion is a good example. That I think that came out six or eight years ago, something like that. Great story, did great for Marvel at the time, but it hasn't 
it's not something they've necessarily gone back to. And uh, I think, like I said, you know, they've worked through so many of their greatest stories that now they're having to take chances on these more recent hits that might not translate to a general audience as well. Well, Brian, uh, one way to avoid, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to agree. Like, both on a personal and writ large level. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows. Uh, Like any long-term franchise though, uh, Marvel needs to keep people supporting it. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Marvel wants like a ton of money out of you to continue to support. They only need to buy merch and these expensive tickets. Brian and I have been doing this for a decade. We just want a buck. Yeah. Yeah. One. Kind of like a, comic books back around uh oh i don't know 1989 99 cents yeah Yeah. Eh, that's not too much you know what inflation a buck a buck an episode that's all we ask that's a phrase i just invented right now yeah come at me dan carlin listen head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers here's what's going to happen you're going to become part of a community you're going to feel superior to everyone around you you know why because you're superior to everyone around you you're going to get Mm -hmm. early access exclusive access to our after talk segments you're going to keep us loud live and independent and here's the real secret when somebody asks were you there from the beginning you look Mm -hmm. them in the eye and you say despite having joined just this week yes i've always been there for cord killers and we will back your play. That's a cord killer's guarantee. Patreon.com slash cord killers. It's the only way for you to play. Hooray. Bryce, if there is a Bryce, move us on to how to watch. Okay. Did, oh, sorry. Okay. Why, why, why did you question the existence of God just as a random side jag at the end of <laughs> that? That was another Carlin illusion. Ooh. Oh, oh. No, that, that, that does track. Okay. Be, 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 be. All right, if ready? you know, you know. Okay. Ready, bumper, All right, go, go bumper. Ahead. All right. All right. <laughs> Netflix, you've changed. You take ads, you're cracking down on account sharing, and now these, these latest two things, pulling back from releasing a movie a week, says it will combine its small and mid-budget units into one. Uh, No word on the big budget unit. I guess that one's okay. And Gadget says Netflix film chief Scott Stuber wants to focus on quality, not quantity. And if that weren't enough, Netflix ordered a pilot, not someone to fly their plane, like a test episode of a TV series, Samar Weaving's Little Sky. Deadline sources say this is not a permanent development shift. It's specific to Little Sky. Deadline says that Netflix, quote, wanted to see a pilot to make sure the tone and the chemistry of the large ensemble were right, setting the project up for success. Brian, that's that's why anybody does a pilot. Um, once, and once you get a little taste, you're like, oh, that, that was helpful. Maybe you start doing more pilots. And the next thing you know, you're just like everybody else, doing pilots, taking ads, only spending money is on, on movies you think are going to turn a profit for you? Uh, I, I have thoughts. If anybody doesn't want to hear nasty, dirty, filthy, angry Brian thoughts. Oh, no. Oh, we jump in now, Bill Meeks. Yeah. Give me a spoon. All right. Well, I'll just say that, you know, uh, you know the, the big thing with tech startups is move fast, break stuff, right? Which Netflix did successfully 
for a number of years. And I do think it's interesting that now it seems like they're they're uh, they're to a place where, you know, the venture capital is running dry and everything where they're like, wait a second, maybe, you know, the old studios maybe had some things right. And it seems like they're kind of, you know, exploring, you know, doing things the old fashioned way, which is interesting to see an innovator in a space that they basically created the space sort of thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we moved a little too fast and broke a few too many things, you know? Uh, let, let me propose the following. Uh, there's only so many humans out there. Mm. <laughs> Bold take, I know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we keep making more, but then some of them... They're, I mean, they're, I'm so, certainly yeah. doing my best, even after well my done. vasectomy. <laughs> I'm doing my best to try to make more humans. Where's the breaking news? <laughs> but but, but my, uh, there's only so many humans, and there's only so much market saturation you can achieve. Um, and... Uh, like a fractal, uh, Netflix is doing a very good job of trying to penetrate uh, as many increasingly tiny niches as possible. If I were an investor in Netflix, I don't, I don't believe I am, uh, to my knowledge. Um, if I was a founder of Netflix, controversial hot take, this is the part where I would start phoning it in. And for the next 10 years, I would say whatever it takes at the quarterly meetings in order to keep people invested, but secretly make very little effort and just now is harvesting. Now is profit taking. Now it's time to make your money. Um, again, that's Vulcan mind, evil yeah. Machiavellian. No, you're, uh, you're uh, right. This, look, everybody makes fun of startups when they're losing money. Ah, these crazy startups, they, they spend all this money and they don't make any money. And and the argument that you you hear it sometimes, but but not as often is like, yeah, no, you do that to build up to the point where then you can start making money. That's what this looks yeah. like when you start doing that. That's what Brian's Netflix, describing. Your yeah. arranged marriage with the shareholders. <laughs> it's now time for you to consummate this and be fruitful and cause profits. <laughs> yeah. The hard part is, is I think the interest of consumers for Netflix is in direct opposition to the decisions that Netflix needs to make right now in order to keep their business successful. Everyone always uh, says that, but is that true? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. like, 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 like random not like house, the investors want random the, house the, books the, no Netflix longer to needs fail. to be edgy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, I would like, it's been good. It's been what, uh, 15, 15 years now. Uh, like yeah, it, for streaming, like the, and the DVD you did thing it. goes even before. It's yeah. time mm -hmm. for Netflix to go beige, be beige as hell, collect all the money. Hooray. Thank yeah. you. Netflix. <laughs> Do we see and Netflix as, as edgy of a, as an edgy company, I mean, remember when they did that show with Kevin Spacey? <laughs> Fifteen years they, ago, they yeah. were edgy at one point, I, and they were a darling of like, ah, they're disrupting the industry. They don't play by the rules, mm -hmm. so I, they were edgy in that respect too. Of of like, they, you know, they've upended Hollywood. They they're buying studios. They're not doing things the way studios do. But the thing is, that always works at the beginning of a disruptive idea. And then once they get to this point that Brian's talking about, 
they start to realize like, oh, that helped us grow and, and, and do things that gave us an advantage. But once you reach scale, turns out, yeah, there is a good reason you have pilots. Or, yeah, <laughs> you should, you know, rein in on the spending with the money. And maybe we should try to make, like, they start, you start to see like, oh, these are the reasons that those ideas we disdained aren't bad. And maybe we should take those. Now, what's interesting is which ones of those old ideas do they not do? And those are the ones that are, are going to distinguish Netflix from the previous era. But this is this is just a natural part of the cycle, and, and, as, and to, as you so aptly put it, uh, Brian. When when the company goes beige, well, and to be <laughs> clear, I, I'm not wishing this as a consumer of Netflix. Right. I, I'm not hoping that they do this, but but as an advisor to Netflix, um, I don't see many more moves left for them to make to expand territory or to grow or to dive deeper on it. Like like, congrats, you won. Um, and, and so I would say as a consumer buckle in for Netflix to get very, very boring. Uh, if I were Netflix, I would, I would, uh, uh, I, I would call it, uh, across this profitable line. We stand here, no farther. <laughs> uh, it's like, that's it. Uh, we're, we're, we're done. And then Paramount sues them for using the cards. <laughs> what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm tempted to, to make an analogy to ABC and Fox. Uh, most, most people probably don't realize that ABC was a spinoff of NBC at one point, and it was seen as the junior ridiculous version uh, of NBC for, for its early part of the history. That, that was gone by the 70s. Uh, Fox, when it started, was like a fourth network. No one needs a fourth network. <laughs> ah, it's a bunch of weird stuff. Nobody's going to watch that. Uh, and, and now Fox is probably more known for its news cable program than it is for the network. But the network itself is seen as a perfectly legitimate, respectable network. I feel like this is this is NetFox. But before I turn it over to you, Bill, um, this is the moment. Cordkillers at gmail.com. If there's some other play, imagine that you are the advisor to Netflix. Mm -hmm. What's left? What's left? Yeah. What? Not just to make us feel better because we missed the, the edgy, <laughs> innovative one, but to like that'll that'll make it make it successful. Yeah. Meeks, you got any last thoughts on Netflix? Netflix? I, I'm just going to say that my son is a huge fan of the comic book series Bone and Netflix has killed the Bone series. And I hate Netflix for that because I have to hear about it. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's that's a that's a fatherly concern. This is how the Titanic went down. It's like I, 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 we're, we're going to find out that the captain got bit by an iceberg at one point and he just <laughs> steered into it. All right. Let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. Not like this, it's all about location. Speaking of Paramount, uh, Paramount approved new seasons of both Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Lower Decks. So the next season of both shows will not be the last. So they approved new seasons before the next seasons begin. Uh, Strange New Worlds Season 2 returns June 15th, and Lower Decks will return later this summer. They haven't fixed a date for that quite yet. A crossover episode between the two is planned, so expect Lower Decks to come back before the run of Strange New Worlds is over. Uh, that crossover episode will have animation and live-action elements and is directed <laughs> by Jonathan Frakes. Strange New Worlds will get a third season and Lower Decks a fifth season. And Star Trek Prodigy is going to return for season two this winter. And Paramount Plus has ordered 
the Starfleet Academy TV series we'd been hearing about. That will start production in 2014, so probably won't see it for a couple of years. Still no word on the pending Section 31 Star Trek. Tom, I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, you can't what? Well, my, 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 my heart is encased in steel. I can't, I can't open it to the possibility of how good this could be. And yes, Tom. Yes, Bill. I hear both of your minds because <laughs> I'm psychic. Yes, Jonathan Frakes wrote uh, or directed the very best episode of Picard this season. Yes, uh, these are two properties that everybody loves. Yes, it is technically possible to make a cartoon become human and a human become cartoon and have it be totally brilliant, but I dare not hope. I dare not hope. My heart is closed. I am encased in iron. I'm the man in an iron... Uh, I'm literally describing uh, the character of Iron Man. I'm Tony Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark. Closed Got off it. from Got the it. world. No, good good analogy. Uh, Meeks? Oh, I, I think uh, it's really interesting that, you know, Paramount Plus, like, well, they have like a Yellowstone spinoff. But besides that, they're like the Star Trek network. Right. And yep. it, 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 it's no surprise that they're sort of leaning into it here. But I do wonder, you know, we're seeing this with Star Wars right now in the Disney Plus series and stuff. Fans have always wanted much more content and they're getting much more content. But how much? might be too much you know like i feel like uh at some point the the dam is going to break and people are going to be pulling away from this and then what is paramount plus if it's not the star trek network or you know i guess a couple reality shows like yellowstone spinoff i think south park those were fine words bill meeks in response Mm -hmm. allow me to say (laughs) (laughs) uh also don't 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 forget Star Trek Discovery's next season will be its last, and Picard is at, is done after this season. So they're they're also mm-hmm. clearing room. Uh, not, ha, that doesn't Tom, that doesn't counter. Nice try. Point, just, Technically, just that might mean that there's lots of runway for many more awesome Star Trek properties. To which I reply, <laughs> Brian. Brian, I have one question before you before you before we move on. Yep. Would you commit to watching? season two of strange new worlds for spoiler in time to be honest uh if you say it's worth it i'll get all the way caught up uh that's one that i've been meaning to binge and i i will do so if need be all right uh yeah because we have june 15th it's coming back uh trailers out for wes anderson's movie asteroid city starring scarlett johansson tom hanks jason schwartzman jeffrey wright tilda swinton edward norton adrian brody and i'll just stop there there's more uh the story takes place in a fictional desert town in the united states in 1955 scarlett johansson as a movie star tom hanks (laughs) oh right i forgot to mention tom hanks (laughs) Uh, as an armory <laughs> grandfather uh, and Jason Schwartzman as a recent widower trying to get his car fixed. Uh, there's also an alien. Limited run begins June 16th. Nationwide release June 23rd. Uh, real quick, uh, Bryce, if, if if you could go to a Diamond Club logo, Club logo for just a second or something, uh, because uh, as you know, I sent to you uh, secret inside footage of the, how this pitch went. Oh yeah, I'm gonna click play on that tape right now. Okay, Three, two, one, go. click play. All right. <clears throat> right. So, uh, y'all want the perfect movie or not? Uh, okay. Great. 
And Blink. that's how babies are made. <laughs> wow. Uh, exclusive, exclusive footage of the, uh, of the secret pitch uh, for Asteroid City. Uh, yeah, trailer didn't dissuade you of that. It, it oh my good. God, are you kidding me? That trailer is so amazing. I said, I, I said it to my family text thread and I said, Callie, you are 10. All of this will be nonsense. Good news, it is all nonsense. Everyone else, I suspect you will like this quite a bit. <laughs> I didn't like this trailer at all. What? I watched this and I thought, there's no nothing is here for me. <laughs> what a mess. What a mediocre mess from Wes Anderson. <laughs> is there what one a, vote oh. against the perfect movie? What a Who huge... uh, what? <laughs> what are you from Netflix? <laughs> uh, Meeks, break the tie. Oh, I, I'm super pumped about it. I also think it's interesting that, uh, you know, this seems to follow a trend we're seeing like on Apple uh, TV plus for like Welcome to Tomorrow of like this retro futurism idea or this sort of like retro mm -hmm. sci-fi idea that seems to be kind of catching fire. Like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, even a note to a degree had had some aspect of this with the flashbacks and everything. And it was set out in the country. I do think it's interesting that after two years stuck inside that we as a society are really sort of, you know, looking to the stars again and uh, sort of trying to imagine a little more again. And it's really cool to see an indie darling like Wes Anderson sort of attack this subject matter. I, I, yeah. I agree, Bill. Bryce, why do you hate the stars? <laughs> it just seemed boring. It just seemed like there was a lot of star but, power uh, and a lot, uh, a lot of stars. It, 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 uh, oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> uh, that was really good. Uh, <laughs> oh. the, uh, 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 to be honest, that is a fair criticism. Um, Wes Anderson movies tend to be more of a vibe than a story. And yeah. well, uh, and I didn't it feel just the turns vibe out that this. I really like this vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very, very vibe dependent for sure. <laughs> Do you, do you normally like or dislike Wes Anderson movies, Bryce? I've liked uh, I've liked the few that I've seen. I like the okay. Royal right. Tenenbaums and all, but I'm not yeah. a diehard. Well, uh, what about uh, 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 Wes Anderson adjacent movies like uh, Jojo Rabbit? Did did you dig that one? Uh, I didn't see that. Um, oh, but I would like to. Okay, oh, there we go. Netflix has ordered an anime series based on the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels. The entire cast of that movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, has been cast to do the voices in the animation. That includes Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Satya Baba, Kieran Culkin, Anna Kendrick, Chris Evans, Need I Go On, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Schwartzman, Ellen Wong. I'm not leaving out somebody like Tom Hanks this time. Uh, it's a heck of a cast. Brian Lee O'Malley, who created the Scott Pilgrim graphic novel series, will co-write and executive produce. And film director Edgar Wright is on board as an executive producer as well. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, uh, 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 publish this in the New York Times tomorrow. Brian to Hollywood. Knock it off. We get it. Uh, headline. Hollywood stars make Hollywood thing. <laughs> Only all <laughs> of the Hollywood stars make a Hollywood thing. Great. <laughs> Well, because the criticism here, if they did it without these people, would be like, well, it's not going to be as good as the original. I mean, well, the original I, was technically a comic book, but. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you know, someone who's a big fan of the comic book before the movie ever came out, like, as much as I love the movie, and I feel like it respected the spirit of the comic book, they cut a lot of stuff out of there. There's a lot of great character work that happens throughout the series that they just didn't have time for. So I think it's really cool that the same creative team is getting a chance to, you know, go back and double dip and, you know, make it a bit more like the comic book. Uh, my, my son is a huge fan of the comic book, and he's excited about it, too. It really helps after that whole bone thing from earlier we should do this more we should do this more take movies take movies and then make them into series or cartoons right mm -hmm. that would be great right a hitchhiker's guide where you take all that movie cast and just make them an anime or a, it's a you know like I mean, it was a radio yeah. series to begin with it's perfect for that right yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's something to this. Like, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Are, no, are, are, no are I don't think he is. For real? Because, because I agree. I 100 My agree. issues, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm into right. it, yeah. Okay, good. There's a lot of properties that became movies, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago because it made financial sense then. Uh, now it might make more financial sense for them to do a five-hour series. So hopefully yeah. we'll see more of this and, you know, some more tightening up of stories that we've already seen adapted. YouTube's free Coachella live streams will return with Coachella on the weekends of April 14th and April 21st. And they've doubled the number of live stream channels uh, from three to six. They're going to have all the stages. Uh, if you're curious, the music festival features headliners Bad Bunny, Blackpink, Frank Ocean, and Calvin Harris. But because they're doing all the stages, you can see everybody. Tom. Yes, Brian. Are you excited about this? Uh, we watch Couchella, as it is called, every year, um, and and it's it's fun. We've been watching it. Uh, it's been the YouTube's been doing it for like fifteen years now, something At like least, that. Yeah, yeah. So 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 yes, I, I am excited. Why do you ask, Brian? Uh, mainly because Blackpink was in all caps when you, in your summary. Okay, that's how you properly spell it. I spelled it correctly. First off, Bryce wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, I respect I respect capitalization rules. All capital black, all capital black. But yes, I am holding my Blink membership card. Literally a card-carrying member. Literally yeah. a card-carrying member. Love it. I love it, Tom. I love that for you. Yeah. Uh, Marvel released a trailer for the Secret Invasion series coming June 21st to Disney+. Plus. Bill Meeks, did you watch the trailer? I did. And it looks really interesting. I mean, you know, Samuel Jackson and even when uh, something he's in is bad, it's still pretty good because it's Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, plus, you know, this is one of those, uh, I think it was like the mid 2000s uh, series that everyone raved about back in the day. And uh, so I think it's a really strong uh, choice here. Um, it, like I said, I've been really liking the series that, that they've been doing anyway. So I'm really pumped for it. Uh, we spoke earlier about how I'm on the fringes of, uh, of, of, of my devotion to the MCU. Um, mm. if there is one thing that could bring me back, it would be, uh, and I think it's all implied by the scrolls being around, uh, the scrolls were, if, if you read old Marvel comics, uh, were uh, a stand in for communists and, uh, uh, guess who the scrolls fought? The Fantastic Four. So if I were Marvel, mm -hmm. I would maybe lead with the scrolls and then surprise everybody with the Fantastic Four, which would make one Brian Brushwood very happy. Uh, it could make a lot of people very happy. The, and I was surprised how much I enjoyed this trailer. As and, and as by the numbers mm -hmm. as it is, uh I it just felt like old Marvel 
to me. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, this this looks good. I wasn't that excited to watch the trailer. And then I watched the trailer and I was st- excited to watch Secret Invasion, which is what a trailer should do. Uh, I, I've not yet seen it, Tom, but uh, uh, just answer the following questions. Three. Multiverses? Nope. Hmm. Street, not in the trailer. Street brawls? Eh, a, 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 a modicum. A not, not, not dominating. It's a TV show. They're going to have a lot of street fights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you but know what? the trailer isn't like covered in them. Turns out, uh, no, no, no. The street fights are the good ones. The multiverses are the bad ones. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm yeah. in. I'm in. I'm in. You've okay. sold me. All right. I'm there. Good. Good. Uh, Warner Brothers released a Blue Beetle trailer coming August 18th. Uh, who watched this trailer? Uh, you know what's funny is I involuntarily watched half of it uh, trying to log in just now on Twitch. Uh, they are pushing this very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a chance to watch it, and it looks really good. Um, I, I remember uh, when Blue Beetle, this version of Blue Beetle, came out as a character right after uh, Infinite Crisis and in 52 in DC Comics lore. And it looks like it really respects the history of the character, because Blue Beetle started as a Golden Age character who was one guy, and then in the 80s, he was this guy named Ten, Ted Cord, who was sort of an inventor. And then it became Jaime Reyes uh, that you see in the trailer for this. But it looks like they're going to be referencing like all three of those errors, eras. But while at the same time, it looks like it's a really clean story, really focused on Jaime, with just a little bit of like legacy to keep it interesting and make it feel like a world that's developed, mm. you know. So kind of what what they did with Ant Man, where they they have Hank Pym in yeah. there, but it, it's focused on the new. Uh, but but uh, uh, this particular property is still pre. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Elseworlds Guardians. James, James Gunn. Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn. Thank you. Yeah, but also being released way early under James Gunn's tutelage. Uh, this was originally going to be going straight to HBO Max, if I remember right, and then they decided mm-hmm. to put it in theaters instead. Uh, and releasing the trailer this far out implies that the personnel running DC feel confident in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 uh, the counter argument would be that they're trying to burn it early. But if you're going to yeah, burn it, then so. you just don't release it. Like, like, like if, if or, you're investing you, in it. Yeah, you underplay it. You don't make a big deal. You don't right. put advertisements on Twitch. Right. Uh, you don't make it like obnoxious for Brian to log into Twitch. <laughs> to log into Twitch. Yeah. I want to say I've heard that James Gunn has said that if this you know, does well, that there's potential for this version of Blue Beetle to continue on in the DC universe because there's nothing in the movie right now really tying it to the old old crew. So, ah, okay. you know, Good to know. If, you, if you like it, go out and see it. Speaking of things you should see, let's get to eyes on what we've been watching. Uh, Bill Meeks, what have you had your eyes on? Uh, most recently, uh, it's a fantastic, I don't know if you guys are fans of musicals, I find not a lot of people are. I am. And uh, there's a really good one on Hulu called Up Here. It stars Mae Whitman and a dude from Cobra Kai. I forget the actor's name. But it's really just about this woman who decides to move look, to New York City. If you look City really be- close at the poster, it says, and a dude from Cobra Kai. So uh, that's yeah, not that's on you. Le- he changed yeah. his name. That is Weird. his legal name. 
No, but uh, I believe uh, someone who helped Lin-Manuel Miranda with Hamilton uh, helped write the book for this. And all the songs are great. Uh, and if you don't like musicals, there's usually only two or three songs an episode. Uh, so you won't get put out. Plus, there's a really fun dynamic where both of the main characters have three people from their past who kind of sit on their shoulders and convince them to do or not do things in their lives. One's played by John Hodgman. It's hilarious. Oh, great. that's great. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Brian, uh, I understand you've, you've taken in a movie at the theater. Tom, uh, you and I were hanging out a couple days ago. We were I had a picnic. We'll talk yeah, about it. And after talk. Yeah. I was Lots rather fatigued after the whole experience. Sure. And I just, I, I, I saw one of my favorite things on the planet, a new movie that had an over 90% Rotten Tomatoes score. And I didn't care what it was. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't see no trailers for it. I reached out to the family and said, who wants to go? And then I realized, and I saw the words Dungeons and Dragons. And I thought to myself, well, that must be a mistake because there's no way that a Dungeons and Dragons movie is going to have over 90% uh, positive ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I watched it, and the, the only other time I can remember doing this was Back to the Future. I watched it with Josie, my 15-year-old daughter. Then we went and collected Bonnie and my 10-year-old daughter and went back and saw the very next showing. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves is a very good movie and it might be one of the tightest scripts I've ever seen. There is wow. not a single unearned surprise. There's not a single dangling thread left at the end. Everything about this movie is tight, tight, tight. And then after having watched it twice, the first time I enjoyed it, the second time I was just studying why is this good? And then I made the mistake of like looking up what people were saying about it. And now I have to see it a third time, Tom, <laughs> because I found out that our literal friends, the Auntie Donna boys, are in the best scene of the movie. Oh, and now wow. I have to go back and watch it again tomorrow. I'm dragging Andrew Heaton. I'm dragging Justin Robert Young if I can get him. It's this movie is great so i'm guessing oh. you didn't see the featurette about them recording their lines uh no no well, no no you no, can no google that because it's also very funny okay all right uh, <laughs> I, I i sure will uh it's a great it's a it's a great movie if if you and you you don't have to know nothing about dungeons and dragons uh but uh if if you played a video game if you've ever done any role-playing games or whatever uh the combat scenes are excellent uh, you can tell when they're giving a wink to this is what a critical fail looks like. This is what a critical hit looks like. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great. It's very respectful. Uh, yeah, yeah. I also found out that it's from the same guys that, that put out um, game night. If you watch game night, if you enjoy that pacing, you're going to love, you're going to love the show. It's great. It's great. That's it. Gambling man says auntie Donna are only in the Australian version of the film, not the U S version. Don't hmm. care. Uh, yeah, I don't care. It's great. Well, that's just important for people out there to know if they're watching it and going, wait, I, where? I don't, I can't find them. So, uh, if that's true, thank you, gambling man. 
Uh, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Bob's burgers. I may have talked to, uh, about it a dozen times on different eyes ons over the years. Uh, but it's wonderful. It's always there for me. I, it's like, it's literally was what I was about to say. It's, it's always yeah. there for you. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, a, a warm little, uh, dip in the pool. Uh, it's, 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 it's the thing that I, I used to watch it immediately after we were done with cord killers. I, I kind of end up watching it now on, on Tuesdays, even though it comes out on Sunday, cause it doesn't come to Hulu until Monday. Uh, but it's, it's never, it's never disappointing. It's always funny. Uh, I just I just love it. So if if you've never checked out Bob's Burgers before, or if you've strayed away from Bob's Burgers, uh, head on back and, and watch it. You can find the episodes as I just mentioned on Hulu. The other thing I want to point out is I mentioned Ginny's Kitchen on Amazon Prime Video a few weeks ago. I got on the plane to fly back from hanging out with Brian uh, and realized a horrible thing. I had not downloaded it for offline viewing. Oh, and then, so I mean, your host then, I mean, what, what are you going to tell you can't stream on that? Having uh, recently discussed on cord killers that I was able to stream a live concert on the plane. I thought, well, surely it, that was just a weird experience that time. So I went to watch Jenny's kitchen on Amazon prime video over Wi-Fi. Worked great. Hung up like twice towards the end. Uh, which I, I think happens with plain Wi-Fi as you kind of move from one cell to the other that's delivering your internet. Uh, but I I couldn't even complain it, that considering I was I was able to watch it. And I watched a, another show that I had just like, well, I didn't download that one. I hadn't even thought about that. Let me try that. And that one worked too. Uh, it's I just find that stunning. Uh, yeah, I, I've had text files buffer on a plane before. So that's impressive. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, I got a pick for you. This is an Apple TV Plus one. It's the Big Door Prize. Uh, it takes place in a quiet town, Deerfield. This is a fiction. Uh, and an arcade machine suddenly appears one night in the general store. It's called the Morpho Machine. Uh, folks go in, they put their hands on the thing, and you get a card telling you your life's potential. Uh, there's only about three episodes out right now. It's got the, the semi anthology style. It changes perspectives across the different episodes. Um, it's a little cartoony, but also I think that it, that balances out the heaviness of it. There's some heavy topics going on here. Some people passing and, uh, midlife crises, early life crises, all sorts of things. So there's, it's a bit of a balancing act. You kind of have to put up with like, okay, just like weird arcade machine comes out of nowhere and uh, let's try to fix your life um i i think it's interesting uh, there's only three episodes out right now but uh i think this is uh certainly an interesting apple tv plus any interest from the Wait, so, so the I, idea I, is that you get a card and it tells you you should be doing this and if you're not then maybe you should change your life to reach its true potential but that's risky is that is that do I have that right? Uh, it's it's a little more ambiguous than that, right? They okay. give you a card and it just says, you know, father or teacher uh, or healer. Uh -huh. And it's kind of up so to you to put life's potential on together. That. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I uh, obviously, in terms of uh, uh, flavor or style, it's, it's very, very different from Severance. But in terms of intensity, mm -hmm. how would it rank to Severance? Uh, because Severance starts off pretty f playful and then... Uh -huh goes places well i'm only three episodes in so it, it's it's hard to give that full broadness of okay. it but it's it's um it's a little it's i would say it's lighter it's lighter than severance for okay. sure 
Um, it reminded me actually a lot of the uh, the Machine of Death series. It's like a short story anthology, and it's the exact same thing, but it tells you how you're going to die instead of. How your... is it compared to mm. Mouse? How's it... <laughs> Hold it. Who's Hold it. Who's tickling who? Uh, so who's tickling who? There's three episodes streaming now. They're coming out on Wednesdays on Apple TV Plus. I think this is really interesting. I say check it out. If you got something we should be on the lookout for, please email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh-oh, Brian's about to attack someone. Oh, no, I'm just doing this. Hey, man, uh, eventually you guys need a new computer. You should head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Spell it right, R-O-G-U-E. They're the ones who provided all of the systems that power this very fine show, and you can keep us in business and get a discount and an extra something extra by going to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Nailed it. There's a big, big announcement this tired. week, Brian, from Dog and Pony Show Audio. Big, uh, big announcement this week. Uh, know a Little More is now in Dog and Pony Oh. Show. Oh. I've, now I've learned a little more. When, oh, when does that start? Oh, that's right. That starts on Thursday, April 6th with the RSS feed. Wait, wait, what what dog and pony show related announcement were you thinking of, Brian? Well, I, mean, I was just going to kind of mention the dog and pony show audio finally allowed Brian to tell the whole world that World's Greatest Con Season 3 is uh, all about Project Alpha. It is going to be amazing. Thank you very much for the trailer that was created by one Bill Meeks. Bill, uh... This is a dang fine trailer for a dang fine podcast. Uh, How would they uh, hear it or see it? Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, Any? April 10th. April 10th. April 10th. It's all coming. Any it's all happening. It's on the Modern Rock channel to see the trailer. That we're talking <laughs> oh, trailer. Yeah. Bill Meeks, well done. Brian Brushwood, well oh, done. thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was given uh, great material. It was easy. <laughs> Go check it out. Get subscribed. World's Greatest Con. It's coming soon. Let's move on to the front lines. Season four's succession premiere reached two point wait, yeah, two point three million viewers. That's the right number. Two point three million viewers on Sunday across cable and streaming, 33% more than the previous season high, and 62% higher than season three's premiere. Uh you know what's wild is is uh, we we've been reporting on how, just how well The Last of Us has been doing. If you told me that a video game television show adaptation was going to do better than Succession, I would have been blown away. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hooray, Succession! But also like 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 didn't didn't The Last of Us end up with like eight million plus viewers at the, by the end? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact, but that that sounds close enough to right for me to say yeah. For, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it does kind of put that in perspective. But I also think it, it, it shows that uh, these days, the longer a show runs, the it's not the smaller the audience gets. Uh, it's the bigger the audience gets. Yeah. Uh, Deadline says that Josh Friedman, who wrote for the Snowpiercer TV show and created Apple's Fan Foundation series, is taking over writing for Marvel's Fantastic Four movie. Matt Sharman is directing... Uh, wouldn't it be great if if somehow uh, uh, Secret Invasion was uh, the the secret first Fantastic Four movie? <laughs> you got a, got a t- you got a TV writer involved. <laughs> Bill, are we crazy? Uh, no, I I think there's probably a pretty good chance. I and mm. I I think you know yeah yeah and I. I d- Basically, you know, the person in charge of the movie is also the same person who did WandaVision. So I think, you know, if there's uh, going to be a big move like that, they'd probably give him the ability to yeah. do that since WandaVision was so 
well received, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if like cable news just adopted this aesthetic of like just say things <laughs> and everyone goes. Oh. Uh-huh. I think Bob might win the nomination. (laughs) Uh, Roku laid off 200 employees. Well, that's not fun. Uh, About 6% of its staff last Thursday. The reduction is aimed at saving costs and goes along with ending some unused office leases, too. It's all cost reduction. Roku has been slowing revenue growth since the middle of last year. And former Amazon and Stitch Fix employee Dan Jetta is taking over as Roku's new CEO on May 1st. Allow us to be the first to have the hot take of Roku. That's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was just uh, clunkily transitioning us. No, Uh, I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) And also he's CFO, not CEO. I I didn't mean to fire Roku's CEO. He's, he's, he's doing a great job cutting costs. Why would he get fired? YouTube TV (laughs) is launching multi-view to let you watch four streams at once, presumably for sports. A new code in the latest iOS beta indicates that Apple may add the ability to watch four streams at the same time on the Apple TV app. This isn't the first time multi-view uh, references have showed up in the ios but there are apparently a lot more than before you know which what, Brian? is fun exactly Thank you. <laughs> uh, a few other notes here the baby shark movies english voice cast is a family affair cardi b voicing sharky b uh her partner offset playing offshore and her children culture and wave playing you could probably guess it culture sharky and Waves Shark. I, I, Tom, I, I uh, don't know. HBO's next season of House of the Dragons will have eight instead of ten episodes. Production's about to begin on season two for a likely summer 2024 premiere. 2024, you heard me right. Uh, when Netflix's Basic with Ad service launched last November, you couldn't watch it on the Apple TV app. Uh, well, you can now. Version 2.30 oh, of Netflix for Apple TV now supports the ads. Apple TV Plus has ordered an eight-episode series called The Savant, starring Jessica Chastain, tells the story of an investigator who infiltrates online hate groups to prevent violence. Hulu debuted a new interface that, among other things, moves the navigation to the vertical sidebar. So if that's why you left Hulu, uh, go back. They moved it. Uh, and if you have the DirecTV stream box, uh, you can now get the Apple TV Plus app for the DirecTV stream box. Both of you go download it. Now. Bill Hulu, as far as this Hulu line is extended, we've all been horizontally oriented. Are you meaning to tell me that you intend to go vertical with your menu? Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, let's move to the dispatches from the front. Ander writes, Tom, Brian, and Bryce, I'm sure you've gotten many emails about the goods and bads of remaking old movies, but I'd like to share something I've learned from your show. I'll be brief. This podcast changed my mind on the idea of looking forwards towards upcoming projects with optimism instead of pessimism. I should hope that my favorite franchise gets as many at-bats as possible. If I love something, then I should hope for it to get more attention. Even if the remake is bad, it allows me to bring it up with friends and show them the version I fell in love with. And most importantly, later bad movies do not make the thing I love worse. This podcast actually changed my mind on that. (laughs) 
I'm already standing, so I'll stand on my tippy toes. Lower your camera. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, it's it's a hard sell. Positivity is a hard sell. Like acknowledging, like yeah, of course it's gonna suck. The only thing that would be worse than this sucking is you not even enjoying the possibility that it could have been good. Uh, uh, that really, really pleases me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, best email I've read all weekend, or thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, very glad to hear that. Uh, and now, uh, what I got wrong on last week's show, I said EW Scripps bought Nuvio in January 2022 to offer an ATSC 3.0 compatible DVR called the Tableau Dual HDMI. That was a mischaracterization, uh, and also wrong. The original Verge article had said they bought Nuvio, a Canadian startup best known for the Tableau DVR, uh, as part of a multi-billion dollar bet on acquiring stations, networks, and spectrum for an ATSC 3.0 powered antenna TV future. So it was a mischaracterization that they bought Nuvio just for the DVR. And it was wrong that the Tableau dual HDMI even supports ATSC 3.0. Laura, product manager at Nuvio, the makers of Tableau, very kindly pointed out the mistake. Thank you, Laura. Uh, She wrote, the Tableau dual HDMI is not ATSC 3.0 compatible, nor can you load streaming apps on it. While it is available via Amazon in our web store, it is not available at Best Buy. We are working on an ATSC 3.0 compatible product though, the Tableau ATSC 3.0 Quad HDMI. However, it is not yet available. Gave us a link though, and we'll link that in the show notes. It is also worth noting that while ATSC 3.0 has been approved in Canada, there are no commercial rollouts of the standard in that country. Thank you again, Laura. Uh, so, and and re- we regret the error. I will never use chat GPT to write the notes again. Uh, dear listeners, uh, when you write to cordkillers at gmail.com, please know that in the heart of this show, uh, what Tom deeply fears is being wrong about a thing. What I deeply fear is being told I'm not funny. So cordkillers at gmail.com. That's all. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you to everybody who responds. Uh, we love all of your feedback. And it's worth mentioning, Laura did write in to say how funny Brian was. <laughs> uh, Bill Meeks, thank you so much for being with us. Let folks know where they can find more of what you got going on. Uh, definitely, I'm available on most social networks as at Bill Meeks. And I do have a new project coming up that I'd, I'd love to get your listeners involved in. It's called Everly Heights. It's a series of movies and TV pilots all set in the same small town in Ohio, which is kind of based on where I grew up. Nice. Um, I, ha- I I wrote them over a few years and uh, they've been sitting there on the web and I've been revising them and I just got some financing. So if you want to help out, go to billmeeks.com slash Everly Heights, sign up for the mailing list and I'll let you know uh, when we're going to get started on it and uh, ways you can get paid to help me out and make this thing. Do it, do it, Bill, do I it. I do believe that's the first time anybody has used a plug segment to say, would you like money? Reach out to me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a different breed, Brian Brushwood. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it, it. But you know, 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about, well, Meeks Enterprises no longer is giving the money. They've changed their, <laughs> their strategy. <laughs> Uh, our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We are live on twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? 
I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons. All these wonderful names. I'm sorry. Names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cord killers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra- they're, they're scratching our itch. Like, because we're I think addicted. As long as it's consensual, like, we're, we're addicted to their money and love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>